1: great memories and a lot of uh, older folk I would imagine uh, can recall that uh, very very easily. Dick Taylor winning the 10,000 metres uh, at the Christchurch Commonwealth Games and it sparked a a, a 10 day period where New Zealand did extremely well but uh, what is the future now for the Commonwealth Games? Will we have many more Dick Taylor moments? Well one of the blokes to talk to about this uh, who has been Uh, quite innovative with his thoughts around the Commonwealth Games is Justin Nelson of course Justin uh, does uh, a lot of work in sports promotion, he does a lot of work in basketball as well and we want to talk to him about that Uh, but uh, good morning to you uh, Justin, Uh, interesting and uh, slightly depressing news that the the Gold Coast have said no, we're not going to be able to accommodate the Commonwealth Games this time around either Um, so uh, we're in a bit of a hole
0: here, are we? Yeah, good morning Smithy, I, I think absolutely and you know, it comes at a time when we've got to read the tea leaves on this one with the Commonwealth Games. And, you know, we have to be honest. And the demise of the Commonwealth Games is on our doorstep. It's as simple as that. And we've seen now two, you know, very big cities uh, in Australia, uh, sports mad country, as we know, Um, they've got a long history of being uh, in and around these big events, hosting Commonwealth Games and, and Olympic Games. And now two of them have pulled the plug and uh, it's a sign it's it's probably a sign that we we need to face up to the reality of of what's ahead and it's probably time to innovate and reimagine what the Commonwealth Games should be going forward.
1: Because I don't think New Zealand is a classic case of one country in particular in the Commonwealth I'm not sure we, we might have to live without them, but I, I don't think we can afford to in terms of the de- development of, of our athletes. And I'm talking across the board in the various sports as well, because it is a, it's a window, it's a, it's a two-year window before the Olympics, which has always been such a great transitioning
0: competition as well. Oh, I think it's a great point that you make. I think the Commonwealth Games has to go on and has to survive, You know, not just for New Zealand, but for a number of nations around the world that... Uh, utilise and see this opportunity uh, as one for athletes uh, to excel, uh, not only at this level, but potentially at uh, at other levels, World Championships, World Cups, Commonwealth Games, uh, leads into Olympic Games, as you said, as well. So, no, I think it's a must, but the opportunity right now is staring everyone in the face that innovation and, and reimagining this competition every four years uh, has to happen.
1: We uh, spoke to you, uh, I think, that three months ago, and you, you had a great idea about the, uh, what you perceived it, it could look like in the future, and, and that is, of course, um, spreading it round, spreading the load, spreading the cost, spreading the, um, you know, the opportunities. I, I, I guess you, you still advocate that, or have you, have you been rethinking in, in other terms? On a hundred percent,
0: I think it is uh, not only. A great option uh, but I think it is one that will elevate the Commonwealth Games to a completely new level from anywhere it's been before I don't think it's feasible any longer to load the cost of the games onto the shoulders of one country or one city you know I think the answer is to share the load spread the cost and take the games every four years to multiple cities and multiple countries right around the Commonwealth um, for me Uh, I think it's a no-brainer, and I think it's a a wonderful innovation and opportunity to reimagine the Commonwealth Games and do it in a cost-effective, fiscally responsible way, because the current model, uh, where we are right now, to have two big cities pull the pin, tells you everything you need to know uh, around what change is needed.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I, I totally agree, and it worries me. I've as I said earlier, I'm a little bit older and I can remember those halcyon days and those halcyon moments which uh, forged so much of New Zealand's sporting history and to think that uh, generations uh, going forward do not have that opportunity or that incentive um, you know, it worries me greatly for,
0: for sport across the board Well, I think we have a wonderful opportunity uh, under the model that, that you know we've been talking about um, to also ensure that we are more inclusive of the Commonwealth nations. Uh, we're giving them the chance to run single events in this case uh, around a sport that may mean something more to their nation. They have more success in than other nations in the Commonwealth. And, you know, I think about all sports, athletics, swimming, uh, netball, Uh, cricket, uh, boxing. I mean, the list goes on. There there are nations in the Commonwealth that excel in uh, one or a number of those sports, whether it be a city or a a country. And to take the popularity of one of those sports to that destination for 10 to 12 days, you are going to see the fans get right in behind it. Uh, And I think that that's an exciting proposition.
1: Okay, right. Uh, Commonwealth Games. Let's hope that uh, uh, something comes or someone comes up with uh, your idea to support your idea or something along those lines. Because uh, I think uh, we're in slightly more desperate times than a lot of people might imagine. Let's get into the basketball side of things, uh, Justin. And uh, just looking at the, the breakers this season. Um, Four and eight. They've got um, games coming up against the Jack Jumpers uh, prior to uh, the new year. The Taipans, the Kings, the Bullets. So it's hardly an easy road for them. Um, this period coming up now is it season determining for
0: you? Yeah, definitely. It is defining. Um, they've got a couple of injury worries, as we know, with uh, Will McDowell, white and, and, and Zylan Cheatham, and hopefully they get those key starting players back shortly. Uh, as you said, they're four and eight. Uh, if you look at uh, at last season and what it took to make the the, the top six, uh, 15 wins. So they've got to win 11 of their next 16. And that's a big task. It's a really hard task, but you can string wins together. At the same time, as you mentioned, they've got a pretty tough run coming up. So they need to get into that winner's circle really, really quickly and get on a bit of a run. At seven
1: thirty tomorrow night, uh, just by the way, folks at the Spark Arena, uh, always a great night out. Uh, we know that. Uh, but yeah, what? Is, what to you? What has been? What's been lacking? I, I think it's fair to say. I mean, you know, the, the, this is a side um, in the last couple of years, and uh, we had so much great hope going in under Modi this year, and he himself uh, of late as well has started to show the signs of, uh, of I won't say panic, but um, uh, disappointment and frustration.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's the coaching game, isn't it? When uh, when you're winning, uh, everyone seems to be upbeat and, and positive, and when the wins aren't there, that frustration does uh, does tend to creep in. I, I think consistency more than anything else. I mean, they've they've shown some some brilliant signs at times this season, and and even in a recent loss, you know, Modi came out and and he was happy with the effort and the performance. Uh, you know, saying that, hey, if we play like that, the wins will come, we need to play like that. So they need to find consistency, but they need to find consistency at both ends of the floor. Their shooting has been up and down. Their defence has definitely been up and down. Uh, they will be areas uh, that are critical, obviously, uh, to, to what they can do from here. But I think more than anything else, to their game plan and their style and the way that they want to play, I think Modi will just be demanding consistency.
1: Has the the roster, has the import uh, combination lived up to what we uh, perhaps had expected this year?
0: I, I think the injury to to Cheatham unsettles uh, what you're talking about there with the with the imports. Um, you know, I, I think that that. Uh, uh, the two that they've got on the floor right now are holding the team up, you know, and holding them up positively, not negatively. I, I think they've been brilliant, but you get Cheatham back in and that trio is back there, the import trio. Uh, I think they can turn things around very, very quickly. So injuries to one of their stars definitely has not helped. There's no question of that. You take a Cheatham out of any team in the uh, in the Aussie NBL and, uh, and there's going to be some deficiencies there. So if they can get him back on court in the next couple of weeks... Uh, and hopefully string a couple of wins together while he is still sitting, Uh, all of a sudden they may turn into the new year and get on a bit of a roll.
1: Well, let's go to the NBA if we can, Justin, because they've had this uh, um, very, very interest in the season tournament uh, and they're at the semi-final stage of that at the moment, the Bucks and the Pacers involved. Uh, What have you made of that concept uh, that Adam Silver and uh, his cohorts have introduced?
0: Well, one of the things that Adam Silver has been uh, a real, a really powerful uh, voice and supporter of in uh, in recent years is innovation. Uh, and I think the NBA has has led that way um, in many aspects uh, for global sport. They are real innovators. They like to be different, uh, and they like to put themselves out in front of trying things. and And this in season tournament has been one of those things. and as it's rolled on, you can see that the fans are starting to grow in favour uh, of of what's been created, and especially for the four teams that are now through to the semis and the final. Of course, awaits. What we know is fans love to win. You know, we saw it with the Warriors. That you know, the fans are there, but all of a sudden, as those wins come, the excitement builds, the entertainment factor in and around that. Uh, you know, the bandwagon, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and rolls on. And I think that's what they've created here. It's a, it's a competition within a competition. There's silverware, there's money. All of a sudden, the players of the final four teams are starting to really ramp up their own enthusiasm as well. And the fans, you know, they feed off that. I, I think it's been a win. It's definitely been a win. And uh, I think a few competitions around the world will be taking notice of it.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say that. I mean, you look at some of these competitions that seem to go forever. I mean, baseball's another one. Uh, Major League Baseball uh, is yet another one. Um, We see uh, within football um, around the planet um, more and more, um, more and more uh, competitions or subsidiaries are introduced to things. We see so many more windows where your, your standard leagues aren 't being played. but uh, baseball 's another classic example for me because it just teams to go on, and, and whether they could do it maybe towards the end of the season where those sides that, or those uh, franchises that perhaps have not had the best of starts to a season still can get something out of it, and their fans can too.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we see that in in football, don't we, with with promotion and relegation all of a sudden. You know, in those final few weeks of the season, um, you could be looking at the most extreme fandom that you've seen uh, through the entirety of the year because they're getting behind their team either for promotion or they're getting behind their team to hopefully avoid relegation. So making things exciting at some stage during the season and as you've mentioned there, towards the latter end, um, is you know, has proven to be a very successful model. Baseball's a great one. I'm glad you pointed it out because um, the, the pressure that's on those organisations to bring fans in for 81, 81 home games plus playoffs if they make it through uh, to the business end of the season. I mean, that is as extreme as you get when you're trying to build a successful sports business based around fan interest and and tribal fandom. To try and fill those stadiums for 81 games uh, is at the the highest peak, the highest end of any sport in the world.
1: Here's an interesting one, which I would imagine you've given quite a lot of thought to because I think this is quite a defining season. It's not a World Cup year for rugby. We know that. We've just had that. But it is, to me, quite a defining year for the fans and uh, on the basis of officiating. Now, one of the great talking points out of the World Cup, for better or for worse, has been the level of officiating um, and just how influential it is on the game of rugby, the stop-start nature of the game, the time of motion of, of, um, of many of uh, our rugby matches, how long they go these days. Uh, in terms of fan engagement, how big a season do you think this might be for Rugby Union?
0: Well, I think the first thing is on officiating. We've definitely entered a period in world sport where we are constantly trying or using technology to find fault in in um, officials and the decisions that they make. Uh, and that is very, very frustrating. There's no doubt about it. I think it's frustrating for fans and, and, and for viewers of the game across the world. Uh, I, I think for, for rugby um, right now, you know, 2024, especially if we bring it back domestically. So you think about Super Rugby and, and, and Opiki, I, I think we've got to really move in and transition into being an entertainment business. Um, you know, I've spoken about this in, in the past, and it's only one person's view, and, and, and it's an outsider's view. Uh, but I do uh, have, you know, the, the background of coming up through the, the AFL system and, and being a lifelong fan, you know, of the AFL back in Australia and, and the way that they conduct yeah. their business, which, you know, I don't think you can argue is a very successful business. And high performance is an element but it 's not the one and only element fans want to be entertained. You and I have talked about this before, and I think rugby you know has an enormous opportunity, especially through through its its, its domestic competitions. I think it has an enormous opportunity in front of it if it really transitions into being an entertainment product and i 'd love to see that happen. I think the fans would love to see it happen. Uh, I think the crowds would definitely uh, get along. Uh, on that entertainment factor. Yes, high performance, absolutely, 100% is an element, but it's not the only element. Fans want to be entertained, and I'd love to see that happen in 2024 and beyond.
1: And a and, uh, telltale sign that uh, Wellington have decided that uh, their Wellington rugby team, and they were a very good side, uh, won't be playing at the stadium, the Wellington Stadium, Sky Stadium this year. They'll be uh, taking it around uh, some smaller venues, and Maybe that's a sign of uh, things to come. I mean, you—it's uh, a lot easier to fill a smaller stadium. I, I imagine you know that.
0: Yeah, it is. But you also limit yourself uh, by filling smaller stadiums as well. Is it a good decision? I'm not a fan personally because I'm a bit more of a glass half full person, and I'd rather turn two or three thousand fans into ten thousand, into fifteen, into thirty thousand. You know, by way of uh, pushing my sports business towards a fans first approach and an entertainment uh, approach. But, you know, look, if it's what they've got to do at the moment in order to get that back, it doesn't mean that they can't move into bigger stadiums in the future. Hopefully um, that's their plan. Hopefully that's what they're looking to do, that this is just a stopgap measure uh, to focus on building fandom and get back to the bigger stadiums. Because I certainly wouldn't want to limit my sports business by capping it at two or 3000. I want to aim for the sky, aim for the stars and aim to bring the fans back in via entertainment. Excellent
1: thoughts, uh, Justin, as always. I really appreciate your your innovation and uh, your forward and positive thinking. Uh, It's a breath of fresh air from time to time, I can assure you, around sport. Thanks for your time. Uh, Let's hope that the the breakers get uh, on the winning way again tomorrow against uh, the Jack Jumpers uh, and, uh, yes, the NBA in-season competition, uh, semi-final stage. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it, Justin, as always.
0: Hi always, great to catch
1: up. Thanks, Smithy.